Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City Jazz organist and band leader Chris Hazelton on the 2023 CD, After Dark. On this new album, he takes organ music back to its traditional After Dark setting alongside a quintet of Kansas City's finest. Inspired by his late mentors Everett Devan and the wonderful Dr. Lonnie Smith, the new CD invokes the feeling of what jazz organ has always traditionally been, late night music. Towards the end of 2021, Chris found himself in a state of darkness that was truly unfamiliar, as it was with many of the pandemic musicians looking for work and purpose. So no real game plan in place, he booked a weekend in the studio and hired friends that he knew could deliver the feeling he was looking for. We cover this album, COVID, the future, and so much more. Enjoy this interview. Hey, okay, now I can hear you. Okay, cool. Chris, it's great to catch up with you, man. I was so happy to see Lisa Reedy send a package and opening it up and finding this in it was very, very nice. I was very happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to get it out. It's been, uh, man, about a year and a half in the making. So, You know, the one thing that's always emblematic of how you roll is that you have a rawness to you. You get, you're good with words. You get to the jugular really good, whether it's a Facebook post or it's liner notes. And you were crystal clear with this. I could feel this kind of wave of, you describing going through the pandemic and then losing Everett and Dr. Lonnie and all of those things that became an ultimate question in your mind, which was, am I a musician? So you kind of probably hit on a lot of mental health things that were going on in the jazz community. So I see After Dark being kind of both uh, emblematic of nighttime owlness and also you coming out of something now with this cathartic project. So... Absolutely. A little bit about it. Yeah. I mean, like I said in the liner notes, I mean, the project really just came out of a, um, a, a need to, uh, feel like I was still a musician. I mean, and especially after Everett passed, um, it kind of dawned on me, like, especially in Kansas City, there's only a couple of us that are really carrying on this torch of jazz organ. And of the couple of us, I'm really the only, um quote unquote disciple of his um you know because i'm the only one that studied with him directly and so you know this album was um kind of a combination of things in that there was some material that we had been playing for a few years um and also that i just needed to get in the studio and do a straight ahead jazz record it had been nearly 10 years since i had put out peregrination was the last kind of straight ahead record that i did um, and, you know, I did some Boogaloo 7 things in between that, but uh, it was a case of like, man, I just need to get in and do like a straight ahead swinging organ record. And you did. And, man, uh, and the, the guys that I had on it sure delivered. Yeah. You know, hearing Brad on there with the baritone, it's just not something that's front and center. But man, that guttural get in there and just hit hit behind the organ and with John at the skins and just the whole group. Just, I could feel like you guys were really having a good conversation. The Barry out front thing is uh, kind of a niche format that I really like. It's been on a few records, um, most notably the first two George Benson solo records were in that format with Ronnie Cuber on Barry up front um, and, you know, Lonnie Smith on organ. So as you know, drums, organ, Barry sax and guitar. And I've always loved that sound because you have the deep, rich kind of honk of the berry, but then you have the guitar that can play an octave above that 
good double the lines and you've got the organ that can scream and it's just really kind of a funky gritty texture um to have in a in a quartet yeah for sure you know the one thing i was thinking as lonely as you probably felt after everett left and dr lonnie smith I'm curious, did you ever, under their tutelage, ever have conversations with them about when their heroes left and how vulnerable they felt and how they overcame big things in their lives? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I I definitely remember talking to Everett about, you know, the way he felt when Jimmy Smith passed and um, when Jimmy McGriff passed, Jimmy McGriff passed when I was living in New York. So I didn't get to talk to Everett a lot about that, but, um, you know, and then I, I spoke to Lonnie a lot about, um, you know, his just kind of, um, contemporaries passing on and just, um, his wish of leaving something behind. And so that definitely started weighing on me heavy as, as those two guys passed, is like thinking about, okay, well, what am I leaving behind eventually? You know, I'm <laughs> prayerfully uh, going to stick around for a, a lot longer. Um, but, you know, it's a, you, you get to a point in life where you start thinking, like, what's my legacy going to be? And uh, so this is definitely part of that, too. So did you ever, did you have any, like, conversations in your head or any feelings of those two talking to you during this process of going through the pandemic and not having the work and trying to figure out where you were going? A little bit, yeah. I mean, Everett, you know, I always hear his voice in my head, um, whether it be while I'm playing or, or just, you know, whatever. I especially hear him always saying, get on it. You know, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm, uh, kind of noodling around, you know, playing a solo, I, I hear him in the back of my head. He said, get on it. And then, then I got to really turn it on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what are you doing as far as like promoting this live, doing shows? What's going on with you? Um, well, we haven't scheduled anything yet as far as a uh, CD release show because all of us are just busy, which is a great problem to have. Um, yeah. You know, so right now it's just kind of a soft uh, release, I guess. Um, you mentioned Lisa. She's she's doing a great job promoting it already. Um, and I, it's coming out on my buddy Corey Weeds' label, Seller Lives or seller music. Um, so it's, it's nice to have, uh, some, some support behind it. Um, you know, the last few releases that I've done have all been, uh, basically self released. Um, and I'm a big control freak. So this record really has been an exercise in relinquishing some control. Um, I always like mixing and recording my own things cause I have a vision of how I want them to sound and, just due to time and uh, lack of inspiration, I, I turned this over to Dwayne at Weights and Measures to, to record and mix, and he knocked it out of the park. And, you know, then I turned it over to Corey to, to put it out, and they knocked it out of the park with their art department, and, and just the whole process has been great. I'm really happy to have it out and not have to do a lot of that work myself. You know, the one thing when I opened this up, I was real giddy to get out. We were getting ready to drive and we popped it in and I, I looked down and I was like, seller live. And Amanda was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, everything that comes out on seller live is spectacular. Like Corey, yeah. I, I, I mean, everything. Like I know when, when, the, when seller live is on the front, I'm going to pop it in and it's just going to boom. It's going to blast me. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and the, 20 years. I mean, it, 
and and what a beacon i mean from from the club that he had to doing what he does it's like he and he, he himself his albums i mean he is just an absolute powerhouse yeah he's one of my favorite saxophone players alive and he's a great friend and he's a knucklehead I love you, <laughs> <laughs> you got all the combinations there so you know it's weird the other day and this this is strange just a personal note somebody was asking me about just the interview process like when what was your first interview and i was sitting here and i was thinking it was either you or herman and then it was that afternoon that this album came through and i think i said herman but i should have said you because i think you were one of the very first interviews that i ever did on the show and then all of a sudden your album comes in and i'm like that is so weird how life works <laughs> it's a sign <laughs> what where are you now, man? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, listen, don't blame me. Is all I'm saying. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you up. And that's the thing about it. It's like, you know, the one thing too I wanted to ask you about, and in, in regards to the pandemic, as hard as it was, there was this fear because people in big cities were moving out, and even talking to Kansas City cats, like everything was in this swing motion in March of 2020. And there was this fear that things weren't going to come back the way that they, you know, they weren't going to come back in in a magnanimous way. But it seems like the community is stronger than ever now. What's your take on it? Um, I, you know, I think it's come back uh, very ferociously. I don't think it came back the same way that it was for better or for worse. Um, you know, I think the landscape's just different. Um you know, I, I think we're still lacking um, some outputs in Kansas City that I was hoping we would have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to a large degree, there's still a lot of work and it's still a great place to, to make a living as a musician. Um, so, you know. Yeah. These things come in waves. And, I, you know, we I've, I've been doing this now for 19 years professionally. And... Um, I've I've seen it go in waves. You've been, and, you've been through it. Yeah. So. <laughs> you certainly have. Well, I got to tell you, man, it's so triumphant to see the album out. Where is the best place for people to go pick it up and to find out about anything that might happen live or anything in your world? Uh, well, to pick it up right now, I guess probably the best place is on the Bandcamp site. I think it's uh, chrishazelton.bandcamp.com. Uh, they'll charge you in Canadian dollars and then ship it direct to your door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, then as far as uh, performances go, uh, I don't have anything, like I said, I don't have anything scheduled for this particular group uh, as of yet, but we're working on a release show probably for late September or early October. Okay. Um, and then in the meantime, you know, I'm at uh, the ship uh, at least once a month. I'm at Corvino usually once a month. Um, I'm, and I've got some blue room dates, uh, for the next couple of months. So I'm, I'm kind of here, there and everywhere. So speaking of live shows, I still remember when that twinkle and glow of the Royals, when they were really good, you did that live set and I was in the crowd when you were doing it with Boogaloo. So anybody out there that's curious about what a live gig is going to be like from you, it's going to be good. CD release party is going to be something that people are going to want to get involved with for sure. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah. Chris, dude, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Best of luck with this release, and I look forward to many more. 
Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Big thanks to Chris. We interviewed him in the beginning, and he's back now years later. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.